Sparks to Mission Debrief. We've played every mission of the mainline Halo video games, and now we're playing every mission from the rest of the games in the franchise in chronological order. Each episode, we'll be discussing our experiences and sprinkling in a little lore along the way. If you'd like to play along and have your thoughts read on the show, email us at podcastevolved at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at podcastevolved on Twitter. We'll be playing Operations A through D from Halo Spartan Strike on the next episode. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, visit Podcast Evolved on Patreon. You can also receive a free audiobook trial by using audibletrial.com slash podcastevolved. I'll spit that out correctly one time. <laughs> it's just, that doesn't get me, uh, that doesn't come out right ever. This episode, we're debriefing Operation Hydra, the co-op missions, and recapping our experience with Halo Spartan Assault. I'm your host, Colin Perkins, alongside David Arnold. Hello, everybody. And Krista Brown. Davis is dumb and I hate him. <laughs> He's also dead. <laughs> He's very dead. Last mission. So the main campaign, so operations A through E, they're titled Umbra, Tempered Shield, Monolith, Captured Chance, and Frostbite. They all have very cool names. Um, so here's kind of what happened last time. A Covenant splinter sect violated the Treaty of 2552 and attacked the UNSC forces stationed on Drathius V. The planet's moon was discovered to be a forerunner creation that could both build and destroy planets. Spartan Davis and Palmer led the effort to stop the Covenant leader, Merg Vol, from harnessing the devastating technology and repelled the invasion now in Operation Hydra, and we'll talk about co-op as well a little during this episode um, afterwards. Spartan Sarah Palmer is sent back to X-50 after a mysterious transmission is detected emitting from the moon. The Curious Covenant pick up the signal as well and battle the UNSC in pursuit of its source. The transmission is discovered to be a message that Spartan Davis left prior to his death. Palmer is determined to protect his remains and honor a fallen brother. The uh, actual story, I feel like I made it sound more interesting doing those two sentences than the actual story. Yeah. <laughs> um, the date of the game is still 2554. This, so this is like the DLC of the game, and I don't, I don't know exactly, I didn't find anything on why they added this, if they were planning on adding this at the, you know, when they launched the campaign they didn't have, or the game and they didn't have enough time or if they just wanted to give some people a little bit more because they had the assets they had the people there they were like okay let's do a little bit more of this um it's not great it, the story the like the, the gameplay is fine but the story is just weird yeah it's just a bizarre thing and it they like they they hype you up too they're like it's sarah palmer in this first cut scene and she's like mm-hmm oh, that's the story we're telling people? Well, you're going to, it's crazy stuff happens afterwards that's not in this report. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then it's just like, what? What is going yeah. on? Who came up with this? Exactly. It fell very flat for me. I don't know, David, any any thoughts on this little extra yeah. story? Nah. I mean, it started off cool. Like the, the drop pod sequence was cool. Yeah. Uh, I like that kind of introduction. Um. I've already kind of mentioned before, but you know, I'm not a huge fan of the ODST that aren't that cool in this, but seeing the pods come down and kill grunts and stuff was was, was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else then? I don't know, there's a few, one or two missions, but uh, I didn't like the last one at all, you know, man. No. The story itself is kind of like totally weird compared to like 
you know, Davis dies off screen and then it's somehow not dead. And then he's a forerunner now. Yeah, it's just... there's no explanation for how that happened. But also, like, what's the point? So yeah. he dies, and then the forerunner thing turns him in. It starts to turn him into a, a something like a device, like a mechanical device or something. And then he sends out a signal, but the signal, like, he's not trying to do get them to do anything, right? Like, there's no, there's just no point it's, in it's this whole thing. Literally, the whole point of this is just recovering Davis's remains, and that's it. Right. And it, yeah doesn't like you don't care about davis anyway like there was the campaign gave you no reason to care about davis you know Mm -hmm. it's all about palmer and her being cool and then you think that this signal's leading somewhere but it's literally just oh let's pick up this corpse and take it home i guess that's the hunk of metal right and it's like all the resources and like everything you go through to get to that point it's just like so anticlimactic mm-hmm yeah, I mean, on, on one hand, like I put in the description, like it's honorable, I guess, that Palmer goes and does that. But once they find out that he's turned into like, I don't know, some forerunner creation, I, I don't know like what bad is going to happen. They don't really kind of connect the dots on like, well, what if what if he just stayed there? <laughs> what was going to happen? Uh, what if the Covenant got his body? I guess maybe if the Covenant got his body, he would have a bunch of secrets, uh, you know. Uh, exposed from the UNSC potentially so maybe that's it but they never tell you that or they never make that part of the story so it's just weird the whole thing is a a little bizarre I don't it's yeah it's poorly written compared to to everything else Um, you know the structure is the same as everything else but it's um, and to your point Krista it feels going in like oh all right here's some juicy stuff we get to learn they get a forerunner Um, signal like every time you hear like an unknown forerunner signal you're like oh cool shit's about to happen and then zero cool shit happened (laughs) (laughs) it's also written in a way where like Palmer is talking to the Spartans you know remember we're, we're all Spartans playing this game um, she's talking to them, and she's she's like un- uncovering some um, some secret information. She's saying, "Oh, this also happened while you were down there, um, Spartan Davis." And like, I just wanted to make sure you guys knew that he still existed, and you know, we recovered his remains or something like that. So it, it's it's written in it's written in a way that is making her say, "Oh, the Oni or you, you know, Oni's not going to cover this up. I want you guys to know what really happened at the end. But it's it's not that interesting of a of a story. I, I hate so. to say it, but like Operation F is almost a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. unless you want this, the Achievo or something. It's just yeah. There's achievements and some cutscenes that are associated with it, but it's just kind of blah. So, um, in terms of the gameplay itself, um, I think David, you started um, mentioning a couple things. The uh, yeah, when Palmer's in that that drop pod, she pops out. That's kind of cool. Um, you just kind of run around and defend the area, um, and then the grizzly. You get another. We do get another grizzly mission, which is cool. And you get to drive that around for a while. You don't get to use it the entire mission, but you get to drive it around and destroy some mega turrets, which we've talked about before. Not only in this game, but also in Halo Wars. Um, what else is in there? The Oh, the, the those little um, power cores, and I think you guys will talk about this in the co-op when we talk about that too, but there's those little orbs they have to go and like huck a bunch of grenades onto before they blow up. Dude, those things so, have a lot of health, like an annoying amount of health. Yeah. And they, they regen health yeah. if you're not quick enough. Oh, they do? Yes. 
Yeah, I noticed that today. Mm, okay. They took, I think, if, if when I found that, I figured out the grenades take them down the quickest. So three grenades should take it out. But it, to your point, if you're like delaying in between there, then it might take an, an extra one. And if you just throw an assault rifle at it, it just ta it takes forever. <laughs> it's, it's not going to, yeah, it's not worth the ammo. So, um, yeah, so that, that one was okay, I guess, where you go around to the three different spots and, and then you unlock the shrine door. And then, Krista, what did you think about the last mission? Like the whole, like the I, last... I don't know what it was because it doesn't seem hard when you're playing it, but I struggled mm -hmm. a lot with it. And I don't know why. Yeah. I felt like I was dying faster than I did in previous missions or there just wasn't enough cover or something like that. But it was really, really tough. I ended up having to use a shield booster and I got a rocket launcher to be. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of flanking, I think. And you, you have to move. I found like, because there is a timer and it just kind of counts down the entire time. The... And it doesn't really matter when you blow blow the um, the orbs up. The timer just kind of continues. But I found like it made more sense instead of just hunkering down and waiting for the um, for the covenant to, to chase you. It made more sense to go and actively be aggressive and clear them out because if there's because they they do spawn at a certain rate and you'll reach a point where you just get overwhelmed and it, and they just take you out. So I don't know, David. Any thoughts on that last mission? Uh, I didn't really enjoy it at all, but that's. It took me a few goals. I think I died. I died a lot, and then eventually I boosted. I think I think I did a damage booster. Okay. And that made it super easy. You just chow through enemies. Uh, I did it. I I did eventually do it your way of like just aggressively seeking the enemies out, mm -hmm. just to keep the numbers on the map low. Um, between that and you know the, the late the, sentinel beams kind of. Oh stuck. yeah. I, they, hate I didn't have those. Yeah, they're just an yeah. added annoyance. Well, and the thing is, like, they're around all of the places that you can kind of hide behind. Mm -hmm. So it just makes it so um, frustrating. And it just makes the story even more frustrating. Because when you finally beat this, you're like, awesome, something cool is going to happen. But then it doesn't. <laughs> just adds to the disrespect. Yeah, you just kind of go into the center of this area where... and, and was it just hanging there the entire time, like this Davis construct thing? Yeah, it's just in the in, middle. In the middle, yeah. And then, then like a little bridge opens up, so you can actually go in the inside of it. And then she just she grabs it and then hooks it up to a pelican, which is that I guess that animation is kind of cool. You see the pelican come in and then flies off. Yeah, it's still and just like why. <laughs> mm -hmm. But this whole thing makes it sound like I think like Drathius Five is no longer habitable. It feels like. Like no one's going there anymore because because the moon either the moon started to destroy the planet or it's fully destroyed, but I don't think Drithius Five is going to be on any more any more Halo stories anymore. It's just like a little side thing. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens in the co-op? I'm I'm super interested. I did watch your your you guys' playthrough um, on Twitch, and it looked hectic. <laughs> it looked like it's just lots oh, yeah. of floodies coming out you. Um, yeah. Talk about that. Um. Yeah, it's basically just a flood game mode. Like every there's five missions, every single mission mm -hmm. has the flood. Some of them are just survive, some of them have like a little objective. We're not going to really break it down mission by mission because there's not really a story there at all. 
is it a simulation the same way as the other game is framed up or i'm guessing but this it literally tells you nothing it's just like every mission has like a little blurb but the blurb does doesn't seem relevant to anything it's just like this is the place you're going and this is why it's good against the flood and it's like okay yeah it's go here do a thing and and that's pretty much it it's like but why are we doing was there a different like was it a typo because i remember reading something about x40 and then we've been on x50 so maybe it's like a different moon that it happened on it's just it's weird yeah and it's just it's a little frustrating because there literally is no explanation i wish if this was just a simulation just kind of for fun thing it would have been said at some Mm -hmm. point like hey we're you know here's some here's some places that the flood can show up we're going to simulate them for you so that you can get used to that and blah 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 blah, and you can just be around the flood i guess right but um so we'll talk about that your experience together it seemed like you guys had fun like it was challenging right it was it, it was pretty good fun it's um it's well made in terms of like i haven't played that many you know twin stick shooters but in terms of co-op like mm-hmm. they good co-op mechanics so like they have like typical like flood spores and then you have these kind of yellow golden infection forms and they actually latch onto you and like kill you over time and you can't hurt them so your co-op partner has to shoot them off you so mm-hmm. like there's elements of like not being too far away from each other kind of stuff of like um you need someone to stand on the thing to open a door to, to bring a barrier down and you go through and then you hold it open for them kind of thing that's what so cool. the small mechanics like that mm-hmm. um there's a way of like you standing under a sentinel beam and being able to use it to like burn up flood you kind of just stay on the spot but you okay. then direct it, this turret and your core brightener can stand on another panel and like power it up so it does more damage and stuff oh okay um that's interesting but we noticed pretty quickly that we're using the sentinel beam you don't get any points yeah you kill the enemy but you don't you don't generate any score oh. or any kills does or your any medals co- does the partner get the points or is it just, you just don't get no any? it just goes you just don't just, get any it was it was weird huh yeah so we did that once just like to do it and then we're like okay we never did it ever again <laughs> um, we, we want the points because yeah <laughs> that's how you get the score at the end you know you get your uh get rated the game was there any you. incentive was there any incentive to get a high score like did you unlock achievements just, or anything yeah, there's achievements for it. Obviously, there's like all gold achievement, and there's an achievement for one person getting the highest score in all of them um, versus okay. your your um, person. Did you get that, so, like, David? Uh, I did. <laughs> but, like, I, it wasn't true. Like really trying. Like our scores weren't massively different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just the whatever way it fell, and the it's got some good like in terms of like co-op mechanics. That's kind of interesting. It has like different uh, weapons and different kind of abilities mm-hmm. um that actually felt factor in interestingly into the co-op like um we found a pretty good system of like overlapping our abilities yeah. oh, okay that's cool to kind of to kind of like uh maximize the time and then one mission was pretty cool it was like defend these particular points that the flood are coming at and um, we didn't realize there was more than one so when one damage you had to fall back to the next one and we pretty much got all the way back to the last one where there was only one doorway. And we pretty efficiently staggered our repel abilities. So that like there was always a repel holding the flood back as we were shooting them. Is it like a barrier or what? what is the repel? Uh, repel is like... It's like an AOE. It's like a little, yeah, it's like a little bomb that kind of shoots out this gas. And it looks like looks like ice. Do you know what I mean? It kind of, it kind of reminds me of like a cryobomb kind of thing. Uh-huh. Like it shoots out this kind of white steam in an area. 
and like the flood just can't pass through it. Oh. It can go around it though, but um, it doesn't. And like if if you're it's handy enough, if like you're being the the, the golden flood is on you mm-hmm. and infecting you, you can drop the repel to kind of get him off you and kill him and stuff. But uh, it, it was pretty cool. So we just kind of staggered that and like constantly kept up a stream of ammo uh, or uh, a ream of uh, weapons fire. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Nice. It looked fun, yes. It looked like you guys were having fun. It looked like it looked intense. It looked stressful. You, I know you guys restarted it really a couple was. times. Um, yeah, there's like, just a lot of flood that just it throws so many bodies at you. It ramps up real fast, and the different types are there. There isn't um, any carrier forms, but some of the larger enemy types do drop infection forms when they die. Yeah, it looked like uh, there was like a hybrid carrier form. Yeah, where it was like a it's combat invisible. form slash carrier. Also, the essentially, flight can yeah, throw grenades and it's so that annoying. was really annoying. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, those those types that were like quote unquote carrier were like one they, they were throwing grenades. Um, actually, which was was really annoying. What weapons them. did you guys use the most? Um, a lot of shotguns. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the BR is a unique weapon to this mode. It's not all that great. Uh, to be honest, it has a really low clip size, like twenty-four shots, I think. Oh, and the standard, so that's not great. Um, and it does three handy. a time, like it's it does the burst. Yeah, okay. it is. A, it's yes, you steady blow burst. through it. You, you blow through it real fast. Um, the shotgun's great, as you can imagine. I, lo- I used the AR a lot. So did I. Because uh, have having such a large clip size meant you can keep a constant stream of fire. And mm-hmm. um, I messed around with dual SMGs, and the dual pistols are in this. Yeah, the machine pistols, which is, is random. Like, what are those? Yeah, things? it's really weird. They they're a weird design. They're essentially a shitter version of the dual SMGs. Okay, do you know what I mean? They're not they're not as accurate. Um, they don't have as much force either, but um, hmm. they perform the same function. I used them a, a good bit just when you needed something else to use, um, something rapid fire. And I don't think there's there's too many else. I don't even think there's covenant weapons in that mode. I think it's just human weapons. No, I don't think there are covenant weapons. weapons. It is just human weapons. I didn't Hmm. even notice that when we were playing through. True. I don't think there isn't that many weapons in in co-op, but um, there's a pistol as well and stuff like that, but it's it's okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else. So it's it's worth playing this mode? Oh, yeah. I think it was pretty fun. Definitely, yeah. It's pretty quick too, but um, it is intense. Do you know what I mean? It, It does ramp up a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in difficulty so there is a bit of effort especially like there's one we had the most difficult way. I think it was like destroy these points and you're moving around this map opening doors and stuff like that and barriers and you need grenades and we were just like doing laps of this map just trying to like keep the flood at bay because they're just constantly spawning there's mm-hmm. no winning you know it's just surviving till you complete your objective cool it, it looked like it could be I mean you know couch co-op is a, is still a thing but less of a thing you're you're essentially playing couch co-op when you play online, but it would be a fun couch co-op experience, I think. I definitely um, think I don't like. I'm sad that couch co-op is slowly dying because it is a lot of fun. So this mm-hmm. would. I'm not sure if you can split screen it. We'd ha- I'd have to look into that, but um. It probably be, it looked like well I guess yeah because David when I was watching like David was kind of off to the side a little bit. Yeah, because you can go off screen from each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe it wouldn't work. I don't know. Well, cool. Well, thanks for playing that. Um, I do want to jump into that at some point. Just maybe some grab some chivos and just feel the intensity of that thing because it did look pretty wild. <laughs> All right. So that's that's our um, I guess our coverage of Spartan Assault. I did want to get into a couple things. Was there any other trivia that you wanted to bring up, David? I just had a couple things I wanted to I, 
check on? Uh, yeah, uh, nothing new. Just okay. the things that you found, really. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna bury this in our um, in our mission debrief. I'm gonna bury a little history of skulls because it's been bothering me <laughs> that I haven't brought it up, and I don't know when else I'm going to bring it up because we're gonna play Spartan Strike and then Halo Wars Two, and it's not really a good place to put this i should have talked about this back in ce days but that's that was a long time ago so um i've always been just kind of curious like why skulls because we and we use them in pretty much every halo right they're they're yeah they are in every halo they're in you know halo wars and they're in these games they're they're all over but it's like why the actual skull what 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 does the skull have anything to do with halo it's where your brain goes it's never really made any sense to me so i did a little digging and um you know our friend of the show chris aiken helped me out a little bit as well um kind of picked his brain and he he you know he knows all the resources that are out there but it's not super clear the actual origin of it um from halopedia and and maybe it is and i'm just not finding the, the right spot to look but um the skull itself came from marathon days like so many things from bungie so many ideas that um, they carried over into their new their new franchise their new game um there was a game mode in marathon called kill the man with the ball and the ball was a skull and um if you've if you're familiar with well there's a, a worse term for that in, in the midwest it just when you know we, we used to play this when we were kids right like one kid had the ball and you all tackle him right um so it's kind of it's more or less that only in video game form and so that mode was already in marathon they brought it over into ce as oddball and most of you played oddball in some some form or another in halo where it's really you know the person with the skull um that the physical skull needs to run around try to survive for a number of minutes uh, while everybody else tries to you know kill them and then pick up the skull and then their you know time counter runs up so that's that's the game mode and they brought that over into ce because they must have you know liked the game mode and then ce had the skull asset from um the captain keys mission right where you go in and shove your (laughs) your hand into the the key mind and there's a there's a little history around that how like how they created that the the skull asset and it was supposed to be super nasty because it was you know flood and it was supposed to be charred and all this sort of stuff so there's some interesting history behind that like the actual how it looked in ce and how they backed off how nasty it looked um but then that skull asset was because it was made to be because of the game mode you could actually pick it up right and the skulls like the the game modifier wasn't in ce but then they brought the game modifier into halo 2 and they wanted something as a collectible that you would pick up so that you could already pick up a skull in halo ce and so they brought that forward where you're you're holding on to it and then um the when you pick up a, a skull in Halo C in Halo Two, that's when the game modification actually happens. That doesn't happen in, in CE because they're not in there. But in Halo Two, so when you pick up like the blind skull, all of a sudden then you lose all your HUD elements and you can't. And that's active until in the original Xbox version. That was active until you actually turned the console off. Um, and so you could go around and collect all of the skulls and modify the game, you know, within the campaign. But um, you couldn't you couldn't necessarily turn it off unless you actually restarted the console, which is wild. And I, and I didn't play Halo Two back in its heyday, so I, I didn't I wasn't aware of that. Did you get either of you guys play in the heyday of Halo Two? Nope. David, I was just did a bad. You play Halo Two. Um, I did. 
Do you remember it all? Because my notes are oh. saying that like you pick up, you'd pick it up, and there'd be like a, a sound, like a flash, and a sound that would yeah, more I, or less say that is act. Now that's active, and then something changed, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember the first time I picked one up. I remember not even knowing that they existed or even what they were. Mm-hmm. And I was in, I think it was Metrop. No, it's this first one is outskirts. And uh, when you crash land as chief. Mm-hmm. on the pelican well <laughs> you know pelican crashing whatever yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> pretty much at the start in that first area where you're fighting jackals and elites and then like a phantom comes in and shoots all you around the, the courtyard area mm-hmm. there's a way of like jumping up on the buildings and like going around the roof and i found the skull i just was don't know what i was doing i was just wandering around and i found this skull and you don't you just walk over to it and you pick it up and like all of my hood disappeared. And I, like, what the fuck? Uh, I didn't know what I had done. I thought I had broken something. Yeah. And I immediately reloaded and like never thought about them like for a very long time. And then like they were obviously an established thing by the time Halo Three came out of like mod- being actual like game modifiers. Yep. There's prob there probably is way more in Halo Two than I uh, than I realized. But that's that's what I remember is mm-hmm. going like oh this sucks. No way I don't want this. <laughs> Yeah, so they became, you know, they they were the modifier, and then they became like the permanent modifier as Halo continued to, to have its releases. So I, just a little history in there. I, I've always been curious about that, and as so many things, the origin usually comes from Marathon, you know, an older an older Bungie. So there must have been some people that just loved that, you know, loved the Skull Asset or the 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 um you know the concept of that, and they've just they've continued to carry it through. So there's a, my little history lesson, which which I hope you and hope you enjoy and, and pass on to the other Halo fans. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Okay, let's get into the recap of Spartan Assault. Um, I'll do my my story recaps as we've always do, and then we'll just talk about our experience. I have a couple thoughts, kind of some thought starters, and then and then it, uh, I do, do want to compare a little bit to the other games that we've played. These these secondary. Halo experiences. So in Halo Wars, the Spirit of Fire crashes on Covenant, um, or excuse me, chases a Covenant fleet that's searching for ancient technology across the galaxy. The Prophet of Regret plans to use a Forerunner fleet stationed inside a flood-infested shield world, but needs a human to activate the ships. The Arbiter, Ripper Morami, captures Professor Ellen Anders and forces her to wake the Dreadnoughts. To save humanity from certain doom, Captain James Cutter gives the order to use the Spirit of Fire's FTL drive to destroy the shield world while the ships are still inside. Sergeant Forge sacrifices himself by manually activating the FTL, uh, causing the planet's sun to go supernova while his comrades make a furious escape. The remaining crew, including ship AI Serena and Spartan Red Team, are left floating in space with little hope of rescue. We'll save you soon. (laughs) Hey, spoilers! <laughs> uh, Feb- that took place from February fourth, twenty five thirty one, to February twenty fifth, twenty five thirty one. In Fireteam Raven, we dropped out of slip space and explored the mysterious ring, uh, the mysterious Halo ring that Cortana-, Cortana randomly brought us to. With the help of AI Wellesley, Fireteam Raven battled the Covenant, discovered the flood, and helped Master Chief use the Pillar of Autumn's fusion reactor to destroy the Ring World superweapon in order to save all life on Galaxy. They sacrificed themselves as well. Um, this was from September 19th, 2552 to, to September 22nd, 2552. Now, in a Spartan assault, uh, a Covenant splinter sect violated the Treaty of 2552 and attacked the UNSC forces stationed on Drathius V. 
The planet's moon was discovered to be a forerunner creation that could both build and destroy planets. Spartan Davis and Palmer led the effort to stop the Covenant leader Merg Vol from harnessing the devastating technology, repel the invasion, and evacuate the system. Davis doesn't survive the operation, but Palmer perseveres and honors her fallen comrade. So lots of lots of death happens, lots of like <laughs> sacrifices in these games. Um, usually one major character doesn't come out and uh, <laughs> that continues with uh, Spartan Assault. So let's talk about our overall experience with the the twin stick shooter now as we've you know this is the third uh you know additional halo experience non-fps halo experience that we've had yeah yeah spinoff i guess um one thing i'm curious about is and um i I don't know if this is a good place to start but i'm gonna start here anyway is so in halo wars you're controlling the battlefield right and then you're you're also in there controlling the individual units themselves so here you still got to see the battlefield but you're just controlling one unit um any thoughts on on doing one versus the versus the other krista do you prefer to do the strategic um you know the full battlefield or would you rather just maybe control one unit Oh, come now. More is always better. I want it all. <laughs> okay. Well, you are also our RTS queen, so. Yes. Where's my crown? <laughs> um, so you, it was more interesting playing Halo Wars or more, I don't know, engaging. You just like that experience better is what you're saying. Yeah, basically. Um, I have no problem with a twin sticks shooter. I think it's cute. I think it's fun. I think it worked well as a mobile game. But um, mm-hmm. when it comes to depth of gameplay, I think rts and the halo wars kind of model is way better yeah david how about you any thoughts on kind of that, that comparison between halo wars and spartan assault um they're obviously linked because they have like similar kind of elements you got the grizzly in there and stuff like that mm-hmm. and similar kind of things happening in the game one of the missions i think is, is kind of like um you know defend people while they board a plane kind of thing but uh, i like it i mean i like it way more than i thought as well um the difference in gameplay like the these are like the two major kind of offshoots from halo in terms of like gameplay styles mm-hmm. and obviously the rts is way more successful than this twin stick shooter and which is you know fine it, it, twin stick shooter is an odd choice for halo i thought anyway hmm. um why is that but uh, i just i guess the the twin stick shooter genre is not like a massive one mm-hmm. you know what i mean it, it is pretty niche and it's obviously, I don't know, this just wouldn't be my first thought or second, third, fourth, or fifth thought for like a, a Halo spin-off game if it was going to be in a different genre. Um, but obviously, it's small scale. It's easily, let's say, quote-unquote, easily made, you know, kind, kind of game. Mm-hmm. The Halo skin fits quite nicely to it. And I think it, it came off really well to the point where, like, I, we were obviously shitting on it back in the day and... No one cares about Spartan Strike. I'm actually genuinely looking forward to playing a bit of Spartan Strike. Yeah. Um, because I did enjoy the gameplay I, I got from Spartan Assault. Mm-hmm. So, and it's small, short, and sweet. You know what I mean? I, I think that's good. It, any longer, and it might, you know, I'll say it's welcome. Get a bit grindy and repetitive. Yeah. Um. So, let's let's see how we go. Yeah, I like. Um, and I'm more of like a um turn-based strategy guy, just because I like to think about stuff. So. I kind of like doing either the strategy or the tactics, whereas Halo Wars, you know, I can do it. I can wrap my my brain around it, but it doesn't. My it just I, it, my brain doesn't work 
as well when I'm doing kind of both things at one time. So I, I would rather just do like the strategic layer or the individual tactic layer. Um, in terms of preference, mm, I don't know. I guess to, to Chris's point, like there's just more more options in Halo Wars. There's more to do. It is it's more of a, th a thinker um, versus this you know this little kind of tactical game where you're running around shooting guys it's just there's not as i guess and i want to talk about this in a little bit well we could talk about this now what what would make this game more interesting and again it's a fine experience it's a good experience but what could they have added to the game that would have made it even better krista have you had any thoughts while you've been playing this over the last couple of weeks um yeah i think what's really lacking in this is the story is very good in this, and I think they didn't do a good job at conveying the story. I think this interaction, mm -hmm. I think this whole um, whole game would be a lot more elevated if they added more cutscenes. There was more in-game dialogue, more interactivity instead mm -hmm. of like because every little like mission feels so very different from the other. It feels very disconnected. It doesn't feel like a seamless kind of journey that you're going on like other Halo games. Mm-hmm. So just story, like nothing gameplay-wise? You think just, I, just some story enhancements? So gameplay-wise, like, the game was meant to be run on, like, an iPad or something like that. I think it yeah. works well for that. I don't think it needs to really be changed. I think what... I, I've never had... I never had any problem with play, while playing the game. I never had any problem with, like, it's not fun to play. The game is fun to play. You just mm -hmm. don't know why you're there. Sure. Mm -hmm. Without digging in Reading. Deep. You have to read a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not that hard, but you have to at least dig in a little bit to figure that out. Um, David, any anything, any enhancements that you think that uh, should have been or could have been added? Uh, better vehicle controls. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> um. True. I mean, it probably could have had some aerial vehicles in there that would have been pretty cool. You could definitely throw in a stealth and assassination kind of mechanic. That would have been cool. I would have liked that. Mm -hmm. um, a bit more weapon. I don't know. Like, I mean, definitely more mission variants. Um, mm -hmm. I did like how the story was told. And, well, the, the motion graphic cuts, I thought they were, they were kind of cool. But you could probably delve into them way more and do a proper game story through those and be pretty cool, mm -hmm. um, for sure. And Halo uh, usually does some sort of um, some dialogue while you're playing, whereas these don't really. They do a little bit, um, but but not a whole lot. So maybe adding something like that could help. Um, yeah. Just to, to kind of frame it up a little bit better versus really the way that it tells the story in the individual missions. You know, it has the blurb at the beginning, and if you read that, it does make sense. It t directly ties into the mission, but then from there, once you're running around and shooting, it's just the objective that's really telling you the story. It's okay. Now go do this, destroy the mega turrets. So okay, that's the story in this in this mission. Honestly, I think Palmer needs her Cortana. Palmer needs like someone to talk to and someone to kind of riff with while she's doing a sure. mission. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what Davis was supposed to become. Since he's some kind of foreigner oh. AI thing now, maybe that could be Palmer's buddy. Interesting. Or maybe that that obviously never came to fruition, but that there could be something cool there with like a human mind being trapped in a foreigner thing and becoming some kind. We of already have that in Halo, though. AI. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, we yeah, have exactly true. that in Halo. 
I mean, this is a, a potential, this is another thread, right? Another potential infinite tie-in. I don't think they will, but it's it's out there, right? Oh, uh, 343 likes exists. to, like, not, not finish things as well as they could. They don't like to tie knots. They like to leave strings hanging so that mm-hmm. they can pick them up if they want to, which is smart on their part. Yep. So just another thread. One thing that I thought would be, in- so a couple things um, enhancement-wise, and again, I, I haven't played Spartan Strike uh, well, I played a little bit just to see what it was, but um, it d- doesn't affect my decision. Um, some sort of progression, I think, would be good. You know, the, mon- the monetization was taken out of the game. Which is um, good. For whatever reason. Maybe it was there for a couple years, and they decided, oh, it's not worth it. We're just going to, you know, tie this off and say, okay, monetization's gone, but the game still exists. Um, you know, I don't know what, what, what went into that decision. Um, but yeah, the monetization needs to go away. Um, but some sort of progression where you're either working towards new guns that you can use, um, you know, and, and they do have that where you can use use your credit. But maybe there's a way where, you know, if you get a certain score or a, an overall total score, or you collect a couple things in the mission, that that was one thing that was missing. The, no collectibles. I think that would have been interesting. Oh, like maybe the collectible would have been like the black boxes where the collectible pad, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they could. I feel like that would have been easy enough to to add, but something where you feel like you are maybe powering Palmer up because this is early on in her career, and so and she you know she feels powerful as a part of the the story, but maybe there's a way that that you could you know slowly find like by the by the middle operation you finally unlock that armor ability where you, you're the stealth armor ability or whatever that is right, um, or maybe some way her her guns become more effective or something right so i feel like something like that could have been interesting as well um another another idea that i had and i i really like this idea (laughs) (laughs) so listen up um so give me a strategic layer on top and a lot of games do this just you know not halo games but so make give me a couple decisions to make maybe place a couple things on this the high level strategic layer like some some ammo crates or some um Maybe you throw a, a grizzly or, or a scorpion here on the map. So let me plan it out, and then let me dive in and run around as Palmer or or Davis. Um, so you're doing some strategic stuff that is that ties in a little bit with Halo Wars, um, but then dive in and then actually just be the person that's running around and say, oh yeah, I remember if I get up here, that's where I placed my. Um, I don't know my my battle rifle up here, so go grab that. Now I'm going to use that because I need to get to this part of the the map. So something like that could have been just interesting, or even um, what do they call them? Um, the the kind of the randomly generated maps. Oh, that would have been fun. Yeah, something like where it's not the same every, every time. Yeah, it might have been cool if they added more of a loot element in it as well. That might have been fun. Ooh, loot would be cool. Yeah, there you go, loot. Mm-hmm where you unlock the boxes and that makes either like an attachment or maybe an armor, some of your armor more effective. Or like even something, something like, like enemies can like drop certain things to upgrade your weapons mm-hmm. or something like that. So you want to keep playing missions over and over again to unlock different things. Yeah. Or customizing. I know because it's a, it's a canon um, Spartan, it doesn't necessarily make sense to, to like customize her armor. But that would have been cool, right? So some of the loot would have been to, to customize how she looked. So, so it's a couple ideas um, that they could have they could have implemented, and we'll see. I think some some of the things we talked about do carry through into Spartan Strike, or that can't, that that package is a little bit tighter. But we'll talk about that very soon. 
anything else that you guys um so again it's a weird to compare all these games these three games that we played but is there even a comparison point between fireteam raven and spartan assault can those two experiences be compared chris any thoughts on on that i mean it <laughs> doesn't really work right uh, fireteam raven is such a unique and very interactive experience mm-hmm. and this one's a lot more passive in my opinion it's it's a game it's a phone on it it's a game on your phone so you kind of pick it up mm-hmm. for a couple minutes and just kind of mess around and then put it down where fireteam raven is like you're in it you're do you're like with a bunch of people you have a gun in front of you you're in this big kind of machine so yeah. i think it's i think it's a very stark difference between something super interactive and something a little more passive mm-hmm. yeah any other thoughts on well i guess david you haven't played fire team raven yet so Boo. not much of a comparison possibility there but um just rub it in like, i wasn't <laughs> trying to i just remembered it's not like a crap game anyway <laughs> <laughs> um so i i guess that's there's not a whole lot else to talk about. I don't really want to go through our categories that we that we normally do because a lot of that stuff we've kind of fleshed out in this this conversation or just during the campaign. Maybe a couple things just to talk about. Like, were, was there a favorite weapon that um, that you guys always gravitated to? Like, if you had your choice in uh, Spartan Assault, Krista, what what weapon would you pick up or what what weapon would you use throughout the entire thing? I use the plasma rifle quite a bit just because the constant firing and then the mm-hmm. the uh, amount of ammo on the field, so it was really easy okay. to keep it keep going with it. Yeah, David, how about you? Um, I kind of bounced around a lot. You have to chop and change your weapons a lot on this yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like the the human weapons. I think they're quite good. Pistol not so much, but um yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I do really like the shotgun. I find myself getting a lot up close, way more than okay. I, I really thought. Yeah. Um, maybe just because that's just twin stick shooting. In terms of, like, you're not terribly accurate at, at uh, long ranges. Plus the spread on the shotgun, right? Because yeah. you could kill multiple enemies with one shot. Does that sound yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you could. Uh, I did the AR a lot. And then mm-hmm. when I wasn't doing that, it was, like I said, a lot of plasma rifle. Yeah. I did really like the focus rifle for some reason. The, the steady beam. It was beam. good. Was, the only yeah, game focus rifle is good. Yeah, that was one I really liked, and that's pretty much it. Grenades were really fun. I used to crap yeah. on grenades. I guess like once you get used to like the weird way of like aiming and throwing them, uh-huh. um, um, you can get it down. It's pretty good. Because and how does it? Everything. Sorry, how does it work? Because it's like when you're when you're looking directly at something, it'll throw it at that no matter how like the distance it is. Does that sound right to you guys? It has a, it has a weird kind of lock on, yeah. Where I was like sticky grenading enemies, like ridiculous things, and like throwing them over things and not really realizing it. Mm-hmm. I think I think it has like an aiming reticle, and if there's an enemy in there, you'll probably get them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It'll 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 stick them or whatever. Um, especially I like the fact that like the regular grenades were would detonate on impact. That was pretty good. The flame grenades are pretty fun as well. They they pop up in um the co-op mode as well. And I think they're in the normal campaign as well. I think grenades are. Grenades are my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like if I give me if you give me any weapon, give me the grenades. I would have loved to have a, a mode or something where you just have unlimited grenades, some bandana skull, <laughs> just grenades, and just that's how you beat every mission, just chucking. I think that would have been a lot of fun. 
Um, I did use the plasma rifle a decent amount, and then the the needler was fun too. I found some, oh yeah, some good oh yeah, the needler. Good, good shout out to the needler. It didn't have as much tracking as in the first person shooter, though the bullets. Yeah, yeah, it had yeah. some, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, what about the ve- which was your favorite vehicle to drive around? So there was what a ghost, <laughs> a scorpion, a grizzly, and then a wraith. I think that was it. Tank regular the wraith yeah. Ra- the regular, the scorpion, is, or the, the, I think maybe the grizzly, but um, I think the the wraith had a primary weapon was terrible. Like it mm-hmm. hit a really short range. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it didn't really boost, and I was trying to boost. The ghost was surprisingly good. Yeah. Hard to control is all hell, and I think that goes for the both forms, the tanks, but um, the grizzly. I think I, I said the grizzly yeah. just from the novelty of like single shotting, everything was was pretty glorious. Mm-hmm. I'd have yeah, to agree. Chris is same. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was cool. I, I I did have fun with the ghost. I I'd had the least amount of I guess problems driving the ghost, and if you do, and it it did actually some some pretty solid damage, with uh, what what is even the the weapon on the ghost called? I don't even know. Plasma cannon. Plasma cannon. twin plasma, plasma cannon, shooters. Yeah. 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 So that that was good times. Um. Let's see. Our other categories are enemies, and I don't, I don't think there's anything. I mean, it was interesting that we got to see some Jirlani, some brutes here and there. They were big They're, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like yeah, the representation. Yeah, the jump pack, and then they had the big, uh, the hammer brutes as well, which was fun to see. Um, but and there were drones. You know, there was a decent, a decent variety, and then obviously the flood and, and the co-op. So they did a pretty good job of throwing a lot, a lot of, lot at you. Um, I think it. It did. We talked about it before. How it did drag on a little bit. There maybe wasn't quite enough variety towards the end, or at least maybe maybe the mission variety um, got a little bit dull towards towards the middle of the end. But then you know it wrapped up okay. Um, any other like level design we usually talk about? Any standouts from that standpoint? Like the one that always sticks with me is the Hornet defense, and that's one of the early ones where you're running around that little uh, landing pad. And then you have to realize, oh, I have to jump in the Hornet to leave. Um, yeah. But I feel like that that one was yeah. pretty, like, that, that that map felt pretty good. And then a couple others felt the same. Any standouts for for you, Krista? I in guess terms the of boss just... fight is probably one of the more unique ones that I can remember. Mm-hmm. The very end, that was fun. The very end, it yeah. It had a neat mechanic to it, and it was a nice map, big and open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just one, one little area, but yeah people came or the enemies came in from different sides and it had that center console i don't know anything stand up for you david worth mentioning uh i think the first is the first tank mission that has like a bunch of tanks you're rolling together against the enemies I yeah don't what you're doing but it has a cool feeling of just like rolling up with a bunch of tanks blowing the shit out of dudes i, I kind of enjoyed that even despite the terrible controls <laughs> right the and we mentioned it in the last episode like the floor box i thought was fantastic where you know you're seeing things happen beneath you instead of above you because it's a top down um top down game perspective so i thought they did a really good job of that as well you know the the they could have done a couple other things with the le- actual level design maybe giving you different ways to sneak around um you know different paths some of the missions did that but it was fairly limited for the most part i feel like we already talked about lore and characters and stuff um so I don't really want to cover off on that stuff. But, um, you know, I think overall a pretty good package um, worth playing. Definitely play it. Uh, and I think that co-op th- 
because that co-op would be a good sit down with your buddy if you have you know a half hour or something like that and just kind of try to try to mess around a little bit all right, I'm going to make you guys rank these games. It's probably pretty obvious for everybody, but we have played these three games now, so I feel like we have enough to rank. Um, what's the best of the three? I guess we'll just rank the games, Krista. Which 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 is the best of these three? Wars, Raven, Assault. Yeah. David? Well, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go Raven last just because I haven't played it. But yeah, Wars, Assault, Raven. Yeah. That's just because I haven't played it. Yeah, I'll go with Krista. I think you know Halo Wars. There's, there's there's so much more to begin with, so it's it's hard to put this a Spartan Assault above that. I mean, maybe if they made some enhancements that we talked about, maybe it could get up there. But um, and th- and that's not to say that smaller games can't be better than bigger games. But um, I think there's there's a lot to like about Halo Wars, and then and then Raven is what it is. Um, hmm, would I rather experience Raven again than Spartan Assault? I guess that's the question. Hmm. I don't know. I guess. With friends, uh, I'd probably have more fun with Raven. Um, in, not to say that the co-op mode I think would be fun, and you guys experience it, but I think if I had four of my or three of my buddies playing Raven, that would be a really good time. So and Raven's, Raven's one of those experiences that changes depending on who you're playing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. But uh, yeah, I'll do I'll do that. I'll put I'll put us all at the bottom. Not that it's bad. We we all talked about how we enjoyed it, but I'll go. Wars, Raven, and then Spartan Assault. Okay, now, now what? There's another twin stick shooter to play. No. It's called Spartan Strike. Yes, that's right. Woo. We will get to Halo Wars two eventually. It's not too far off, um, but we want to finish Spartan Strike as well. So play that, um, and that takes place. Interestingly enough, if you haven't played it, uh, the first couple missions. I think it might be this the whole first operation is Oct- October of 2552. Hmm, I remember that from something. Oh yeah, it's Halo 2. Halo 2. Halo 2. So it's um, takes place during the uh, attack of New Mombasa. At the very beginning, that sets up a thing that we'll find out about, and then it jumps forward into July 2557, uh, taking place after another thing. So there's there's some, some good lore tie-ins with the game, and then we get some you know the the gameplay. Again, I I played it recently just to refresh my memory a little bit. It's, it feels similar. There's some some changes, but then uh, yeah, if you enjoyed if you enjoyed Spartan Assault, I think you'll enjoy Spartan Strike as well, especially with the the lore stuff that they they bring in. So that it's, it's no longer just like this this planet that we're never gonna experience again. It actually ties into the larger story a bit. So play, um, so yes, play Spartan Strike, and then like, like I said, there's Halo Two and Halo Four tie-ins as well. Um, and then you know I'm not going to go through all the the what to read and all the other stuff we've already we already talked about with the other games. But anything that you want to experience between 2552 and 2557, there's not necessarily direct tie-ins um, with all that that lore stuff. So the, the really the major things are, are um, uh, Numa Basa and then New Phoenix stuff. So check that out. All right, let's do, let's see, no more trivia to talk about today, so let's do a community question, and then we'll get out of here. We'll send you on your way. All right, let's get out of here. Um, Colin Perkins, the admin, May 18th at 6.50 p.m. What would be the best, what would be the best Halo gaming experience that you could take on the go? Question, information, debrief, Spartan Assault recap. A crazy picture of some old school phone. That's not real. That's not a real <laughs> picture, Colin. Look at that. It looks nice. It's an old phone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matthew Blankenship says, give me an augmented reality first-person shooter. 
Imagine pointing your phone at the sky and seeing a capital ship pull up with swarms of phantom spirits drop down while you aim a mass driver and drop them into the horizon. It's kind of cool. I love that. Pokemon Go here. Yeah, the ones that slip through to deploy Covenant troops, break out the old trusty MA5B and mow them down. I never get bored. Or that that or an Ungoy farmer. Richard says, I wanted to play Spartan Assault the other day and thought it would be in the App Store, but no. FPS wouldn't work as they'd never run us a Bluetooth controller. Maybe a point A to point B racer shooter in the Warthog or Ghost. Okay. Uh, Chris says, I have an old Windows phone specifically to now play delisted Spartan Assault and iPhone 6 to play Spartan Strike. It's a crime that those are the only ways to play the only portable Halo experiences ever made. Mm-hmm. Chris then follows up. Uh, like Chris himself, just put Halo Anniversary on Switch, same as Halo 2 was on PC. Or just make a Master Chief promotion, purchase Halo 1 all over again, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I get it. <laughs> Halo Anniversary on Switch is kind of what he's talking about. Yep. Uh, Alan says, all I want is Halo Combat Evolved on my Switch. <laughs> I don't even need multiplayer. If Banjo can make it to smash, anything is possible. That would be pretty uh, rad, though, play a handheld yeah. CE. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I'd say it's definitely doable. I think so. The Switch yeah. is a good platform yeah. for it as well. I mean, FPS, yeah. The controller, um, the control uh, is pretty much the same as an Xbox controller. So the controller, controller, or the oh, even just the way yeah, the sticks the are positioned and everything. Yeah. yeah, it's just an Xbox. Oh, controller. that's true. Actually, yeah, they're offset. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Tim says a Halo Tactics game featuring Grey Team or even Gamma 3s. Oh. Uh, Daniel says I'm still waiting for Spartan Strike on Xbox. Not gonna have it, buddy. <laughs> uh, Manny says angry grunts toss military units onto grunts and they're stationed on precarious buildings. Some <laughs> blow up like piñatas. Sequel: Angry Grunts Balaho. That's their home planet. That's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Storm says Halo Crush, just like Candy Crush, but Halo style, no. or even better, Halo Chess. Like the generic, the g- generic Star Wars. Oh yeah, the the crazy 3D chess. Oh, on the Millennium Star Wars. Falcon, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, point, guys. Um, the preview lets you stream the Master Chief Collection and Halo Five on your phones with a Bluetooth controller and your Android devices. Oh, and I did it, and it's awesome. So that's the correct answer. That's cool. Okay. And it played well? It can, yeah, it played really well. I played CE uh, on it and thought it was perfect. Nice. Awesome. All right, what did Discord have to say? All right, everyone's changing their names, and I hate you all. Um, <laughs> Razgris7 says the original trilogy. Spartan B3, B312 says uh, Master Chief Collection on gaming PC in the car with unlimited snacks and drinks. He just wants to go on a road trip. <laughs> nice Pope said I would love to have Master Chief Collection for the Switch but I know that will never happen probably not but we can dream um, mm-hmm. King Big Beard says Master Chief Collection on the Switch of course uh, Zuda says ODST Firefight plus all the above so he just wants oh. to add ODST Firefight to Master Chief Collection <laughs> <laughs> and now everybody's talking about how they want ODST Firefight on Master Chief Collection I actually didn't know that and the other day I was like hey guys what do you want to play and they're like let's do ODST Firefight I'm like okay let's go on Master Chief Collection I'm like it's not here <laughs> uh, oops um, Wolf says 8-bit Halo Flash game <laughs> so you can play it at school of course yeah 
Um, Wolf says... Uh, he also says Stellaris Halo mod, maybe? Mm. Yeah, that's like a... Yeah, that's a strategic game. Uh, Thombomb6 says Warzone Firefight for tablet. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, Hector Elite says they should make Halo Wars and Halo Wars 2 because they're awesome games. FPS games are shit on mobile usually, and they are a pain in the ass. Okay. I feel like RTS would be rough. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many things you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Spartan Tundra says Xbox handheld, like the Switch. Uh, yeah. That's about it. Like David said. Cool. Most of this is coming to your phone, which is really, really cool. I'm excited to try it. It's going to be sweet. Yeah. Just Halo so that's anyway. xCloud? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, it's the xCloud like, streaming service that, you, mm -hmm. that you, you basically make your own Xbox a server, and then it connects to your phone. That's pretty rad. That'll be fun to play with. Ma technology is magical, man. It is. <laughs> That's right. It's keeping us sane during these crazy times. It's true. All right. That will do it for our debriefing of Operation Hydra, the very floody co-op missions, and the recap of Halo Spartan Assault. On the next episode, we'll be covering Operations A through D from Halo Spartan Strike. Heads up, Operation E is gated behind gold stars for every other mission. Why? So, yeah. Why? So we'll we'll get to that. Might just take us a little while. Send us your thoughts at podcastevolved at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at podcastevolved on Twitter. You can also support the show by visiting Podcast Evolved on Patreon. And don't forget the free audiobook trial. Visit audibletrial.com slash podcast evolved. Until next time, evolved. 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 <laughs>